0: Welcome to I Quit Wine. I'm your host, Sarah, and I'm thrilled you're here. If you're sick and tired of having a little bit more than you'd planned to drink, and you're ready to change your relationship with wine, then you're in the right place. If you have a serious problem with alcohol, this isn't the place for you. Please get the help you need. Speak to your medical practitioner. But if you're ready to live a hangover-free life, well, then keep on listening. I'm thrilled to have you here hello i'm thrilled to be back with you again for another episode of the podcast i am just back from a glorious few days away again i seem to be doing that quite a bit lately i went away to the west coast of ireland i went to galway which if you've ever been there you'll probably agree is a beautiful place And I escaped the snow. It was snowing, I think, the last time I did an episode here. And as soon as it started melting, as soon as it sort of there was a glimmer of melting snow I'm like I'm out of here before it froze and the place turned into a skating rink so off I went and I had a lovely night in the hotel I stayed in the G Hotel in Galway and then met my business buddies the next day for an amazing day of masterminding and up leveling and chatting and eating and it was wonderful and uh then stayed another night had a lovely breakfast and more chatting and then I had a day by myself in the hotel to work on my business and do some journaling and yeah went off a big long walk then along the sort of Salt Hill promenade before going to stay the night with my son who lives and works there with his girlfriend they both work in the hospital in Galway and um Had a lovely night, we went out to a gorgeous tapas restaurant just up the road from where they live and um, I'm always interested whenever I go out to dinner, when I was in the hotel I didn't even bother looking to see what sort of alcohol-free options they had, I just ordered sparkling water, sometimes I just, that's what I fancy sometimes but I'll always ask for it in a wine glass and with a slice of lime or something to make it taste nice and I did. I did get a lovely little dish of lemon and lime to put into my big wine glass full of sparkling water and that was just fine but I was pleasantly uh, surprised when we went to the restaurant. It was called the Black Cat Tapper's restaurant. And they had a lovely selection of, they had alcohol-free red and white and some other lovely sort of alcohol-free ginger beer and other bits and pieces. And so I ordered myself, I felt like something nice. And so I had a lovely glass of alcohol-free Riesling and it was absolutely delicious. When my son came in, he said, what are you drinking? And I said, Alcohol-free Riesling. I said, Do you want a taste? He had a taste. And uh he said, Yep, I'll have that too. He said, Like, I don't want to drink at the moment. He was planning on going surfing the next day, and he didn't even want one glass of wine. And it was um, it was really, really lovely. We had gorgeous time, and next day drove home, came back to uh my home in West Cork here, which is lovely. The snow and ice has gone, and it's kind of usual January weather but the evenings are getting a little bit longer uh, which is great it's not like it was in December when it was dark at between sort of half past four and five o'clock in the afternoon now it's like half past five before it's getting dark which is really really good there's a tiny little hint of spring well I'm living sort of optimistically <laughs> that spring is coming soon so today I'm talking about a great subject which is the subject of grey area drinking and uh, it's it's something that, it's a word the term that gets kind of thrown around quite a lot and most people don't really understand what it is. But just before I get into the actual grey area drinking discussion, I want to just Mention a um, a fantastic podcast called the Huberman Lab. Huberman Lab a podcast, and I have mentioned it before that I was going to do a bit of a synopsis of his um, his take on alcohol discussion. I mean, basically, he's an incredible neuroscientist and everything is very scientifically based and he works at Stanford and everything is is very backed up by the latest cutting edge neuroscience. And I highly recommend you go and have a listen to it. Just Google Huberman Lab alcohol and it will come up for you. Um, so basically he is in that Episode discussing the psychological effects of drinking, um, drinking alcohol, what the effect it has on the brain and the body, at different levels of consumption over time, and he also talks about the genetic differences that predispose certain individuals to alcoholism, binge and habit drinking, Um, and he explains alcohol metabolism in simple terms and how it effectively acts as a poison, leading to cellular. Stress and damage. He also explains the impacts of neuronal function and changes to our thinking and behaviour, basically hallmarks of being drunk or inebriation, and also looks at alcohol consumption of different amounts, how it impacts. Impacts, inflammation, stress, neurodegeneration that's killing your nerve cells, um, uh, cancer risk, and negative impacts on the gut microbiome, brain thickness, hormonal balance, mood, and feelings of motivation. And basically, what he says in that episode is that there is no safe limit of alcohol when it comes to the effect on your brain and your body that drinking is unhealthy. <laughs> That's basically what he says. Um, there's a sort of fairly popular hashtag going around at the moment, which is hashtag sober for the health of it. And there is increasing evidence about how, you know, we, we've been talking for ages about how It is alcohol is a class one carcinogen, but I think most people are under the assumption that if you can drink moderately, well then that's okay. But those of us maybe that can't drink just the odd glass every once in a while, then um, then that's a problem. Um, but the what's really coming out now that even what would be considered as moderate drinking of like maybe one bottle a week, particularly for women, is causing health problems. And that there was one study that's come out that's showing that the equivalent of one bottle of wine a week is the equivalent of smoking 11 cigarettes a week. And I think most people would agree that they do not consider smoking cigarettes uh, in moderation as being healthy. So the um, it really does give you a lot of food for thought. If you are thinking of completely stopping alcohol, then... You can do it just for your health, if for nothing else. And it also has got so many other benefits as well to your self-esteem and your mental health and everything else. Um, so I highly recommend listening to that episode because it really shows that like even low to moderate alcohol consumption negatively impacts the brain and the body in direct ways. And the episode is there to help you make informed decisions about alcohol consumption in keeping with your mental and physical health goals so if you want to be healthier well it really does look like um, having a look at your alcohol consumption is a great place to start but that's probably not news to you otherwise you wouldn't be listening to my podcast at all so let's talk about gray area drinking grey area drinking so what is grey area drinking it's um it's considered um it's considered the area between what would be called very low consumption what some people would be called social drinking but the word social drinking is so vague um so it's the area between the extremes of the sort of rock bottom and the every now and again drinker um so it's that area that most of us fit into that you know occasionally having one too many drinks waking up the next day going like I should not have had that last one that not stopping at kind of one or two having a little bit more than that or even having the couple of glasses of wine a night is considered great area drinking because it's very easy to go over the the recommended amount for particularly for women of these days it's in most most um health authorities have dropped it down to seven glasses because seven glasses is usually about for most people around 10 units of alcohol um so there's because there's no safe or recommended healthy level of intake of alcohol it's hard to sort of say exactly what gray area the impact of gray area drinking is on people um but it's it's very clear now that no amount of alcohol is deemed good for you um so The, you know, there have been studies over the years, you've heard of them, that with potential cardiovascular benefits derived from drinking, even small amounts. But I think um, it's been, it's now very clear that those, any of those gains are mitigated by the increased risks of developing cancer or other diseases, as well as increased risks of harm, like accidents or drink driving or anything like that. So symptoms of grey area drinking. Well, probably listening to alcohol-based podcasts is probably one, looking at all the books, Googling do I have an alcohol problem. It is difficult to diagnose uh, because it is a bit of a fuzzy zone Um, uh, because most people in this zone... Don't have any particular symptoms. They're functioning well. They are um, they are leading what will be considered fairly normal lives. Um, and there's no real clinical diagnostic criteria for grey area drinking. Um, so and they don't fit into the sort of alcohol use disorder range of drinking. Um, so the lines aren't particularly clear. They, people that are grey area drinkers can look like normal social drinkers, whatever that actually means. But there are a few ways that you might be slipping into sort of dodgy territory when it comes to your drinking habits. So generally people in the grey area drinking zone have had periods of time where they've stopped drinking. Weeks, months and sometimes years. Um, but they don't continually stay stopped. It's a very much a stop-start pattern and that would be most of the people I work with. It was certainly my history up until fairly recent times. as this, this stop, start, stop. I always managed to stay stopped for longer, longer, longer periods but still it was always going back to it. Um, very often they very quietly worry and question their drinking um, often for many years before completely stopping for good and for me that was 15 years and often they they have this internal conflict about like a small voice inside um, telling them they need to stop and then on the other side telling them they're absolutely fine, they don't need to really worry. It's like it's often called the angel and the devil scenario going on. On one hand it's just like, you know, you should stop, you know, this isn't healthy for On the other side, come on, you need to live, you need to have some fun, you deserve it, this internal battle going on the whole time. And they'll go periods of time where it's not a problem and then boom, back they're back in it totally. And, you know, it's very often they're encouraged by people around them that they don't have a problem. What's your problem? And they very often hang out with people that have very similar drinking habits. So it's normalized. Having a couple of glasses of wine in the evening after work or after a day of being with kids or whatever. Um, so basically grey area drinking can be any level of drinking that affects your life in any way or your health in any way or the health of other people around you Um, so if you're worried about your drinking at all then it probably is in the grey area and it's really I my fundamental belief is that if you do not like how you feel after your drink after you drink, no matter how much or little you drink, well then it's a problem for you it doesn't matter if it's not a problem for society or not a problem for your partner or not a problem for your doctor if it's a problem for you if you don't feel great if you feel fuzzy after drinking if you feel tired if you give yourself a hard time well then you know life can be so much better without it so who is at risk for this grey area drinking and it's basically anyone who drinks at all anyone that drinks a small amount it's 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 funny that like it is a slippery slope alcohol is definitely because of its very nature of being so highly addictive that it is something that you have to, over time, drink more to get the same effect. So if you want, if you start off with having half a glass of wine after work on a Friday to sort of celebrate the end of the week and relax, well then after time that might become one glass or two glasses and then it might start on a Thursday night or a Wednesday night and generally over time it will get more and more often and the amounts will increase. And There's a lot that went on during the pandemic. That really showed how much more when people didn't have to drive the next day, if they were working from home or they were under so much more stress, maybe with having to homeschool children and they weren't used to that and having to juggle work and kids and all the things and everybody was at home. And the drinking, the levels of drinking went up astronomically during the the pandemic. And it was, you know, it was such a challenging time for people and really detrimental to people's mental health and um the 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 levels of drinking went up and up and up also throw into that particularly with women becoming being perimenopausal menopausal um the farm makes them far more susceptible to gray area drinking and I hold my hand up high with that one too <laughs> Very often it starts off with being postnatal after first second or maybe third child that you begin to lean on it a little bit and women the the mummy the mom the mom wine culture like women are marketed too it's like I was studying uh, trauma and money last year I was doing a certification around it and it was incredible how to watch. There was a film I watched, I forgot the name of it, but it was about how in the 19, was it the 1940s, 1950s, women didn't smoke. And how the basically the cigarette industry sat around and realized, ah, oh, we've got a huge, huge half the population are not smoking. Let's make them smoke and, and uh, they started they started making it sexy for women to smoke and then the same thing happened with alcohol. They started to realise what a huge audience we have here with these mums at home frustrated with minding kids or domestic bliss or not. Um, and it really was quite fascinating. Um, so it's you know, it's something that gray area drinking basically starts in your head because of brain chemistry. And the things that go on, like being certain hormonal phases or eating, maybe being deficient in certain nutrients or being low in certain neurotransmitters and basically not eating a really healthy diet and maybe being under stress. It can Deplete kind of your um, absorption of nutrients. Now, I worked as a naturopath for 25 years and I saw it time and time again that when people were depleted of nutrients, maybe they have gut absorption problems or whatever. They craved more stuff. Sometimes it was sugar. Sometimes it was alcohol. Sometimes it was other things. And it didn't mean they certainly weren't deficient in the things they were craving. That's a bit of a misnomer. Um, it's they were they just had imbalances going on. So that's why it's important that if you are looking at redressing this, that that it is that you take into account all of the things that can be affecting the grey area drinking and nutrition is one important part of that um so there's certain neurotransmitters like GABA GABA is one of them and when you're low in GABA you can have trouble problems relaxing um it is considered like a um a, a sort of an anti-anxiety neurotransmitter, um, if you have low moods, and this is certainly something that comes into play during menopause a lot as well, you may be low in serotonin, um, a lot of people, well, our brains are set up to, to want to get little levels of of dopamine. It's the pleasure neurotransmitter. um, And it's also responsible for us being able to focus and maybe feel motivated and... Uh, by consuming things like alcohol and then sugar, uh, that's how we very often try and get extra dopamine. If that's low, if we've got some kind of dopamine deficiency, there's a great book called Dopamine Nation that goes through this. Yeah, Dopamine Nation. It's it's an excellent book. Mm -hmm. Um, So deficiencies in neurotransmitters can lead to sort of basically wanting alcohol to try and cope with the way that you're feeling. Um, but then it just depletes you even more and affects your absorption and your gut it becomes a really vicious cycle and that's why when people stop drinking alcohol they start craving sugar and they can turn into a most people will be a self-confessed sugar monster and there are ways to negate that but we won't go into that today so you know they um people are like very often say they drink to have fun or to relax or a way to feel that connection engagement with other people and that is just a sign of low neurotransmitters and there's much better ways of doing it have a good steak if you eat meat (laughs) Having plenty of protein is a really good way to do that. Um, And even sometimes like protein, drinks and things, uh, those kind of things can can certainly help. So um, I live with vegans. A couple of my kids are vegans, so they wouldn't like me saying that. But yeah, there are plenty of ways to get good quality protein. And it's um, and very often it is, you know, there are lots of ways to get your needs met and Drinking is, is yeah, it's one of them, but it's probably the least effective. Um, so it's um, one other thing that really often comes into play with grey area drinking is as it being used as a stress relief after grief or after big areas, times of stress in someone's life, whether that's, you know, losing a, career or losing a person very dear to you um, uh, maybe a marriage breakup or problems with relationships with people that you were close to in your life and these are all normal parts of life but it can be a time that we and we're encouraged socially to use alcohol as a way as a bit of a mummy's helper or a bit of a crutch to help get you through I mean here in Ireland I mean if you go to any kind of any kind of occasion whether it's weddings funerals um confirmations or you know anything it's just like alcohol features really highly and it's like it's with every occasion so it's no wonder it's very often the knee jerk thing to turn to when there is uh tough things going on um so do you need to get help for gray area drinking well you know if you if you are thinking that it's becoming problematic um well then it's a really good idea to get support. There are so many things available now there's loads of um there's loads of books, loads of podcasts, loads of coaches, loads of everything um, the um, I am creating something very very soon, and if you want to sort of show an expression of interest. I'm basically creating the I Quit Wine Academy um, and it's going to be a sort of 90-day holistic experience of looking at all of these areas and making it the most sort of pleasant and rewarding journey, possible for bringing together my 30 plus years of working with people and helping them with their with their health with their mindset with all of the things all of the things and uh, I am going to be doing the first round of it fairly soon and if you're interested just pop me an email at iqw standing for i quit wine with sarah that's w-i-t-h-s-a-r-a-h at gmail.com or you can pop me a dm on instagram that's at iquitwine underscore with sarah and just say more information and i will get you more information very soon about the iquitwine academy i'm so excited about this i've been creating some of the videos and working on all sorts of amazing things. It's, um, yeah, I'm so excited about it. So if you want to be in on the the, the sort of very first group that's going to get an incredible, just an incredible experience and an amazing deal, um, let me know. And I will give you the information as soon as I have it to hand. So I'm going to leave you there for today. And... If you have uh, any experiences with possible grey area drinking, or if you just want to get in touch, just feel free to get in touch and and share with me your experience around around this, around grey area drinking. Because these are the these are the people I work with are uh, the people who are experiencing this because I know it so well. I know it so well professionally and personally, and I think it's. Um, I think that's an amazing thing to have is to have that have that support from someone who's lived it but also studied it and really understands it as well. That it's not like there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken at all. And it's um but it is something that can be so challenging for people to overcome. And I used sometimes I used to be kind of envious if somebody who had a really extreme problem who just went either into detox or <laughs> went off to AA or something and just completely stopped and got all the intensive support for that. I used to think like... Maybe that would actually be easier than trying to just carry on with your life and trying to figure this out. But you don't have to do it on your own. You can, but it's really hard. And yes, some people just reading the books and doing listening to the podcasts is enough for them. But most of us need a higher level of support than that to to make it really effective, to really stop the stop start cycle and end it for good and work out what is the best, the best path forward for you. And 90 days is a really, really good length of time for that uh, because it, you know, it takes on average around 66, 67 days to change a habit. Um, Everybody can kind of white knuckle it normally for like dry January or sober October or something like that for 30 days. But 90 days really does. You really get into your stride. And my intention isn't that just like that you overcome being, you know, maybe a gray area drinker or leaning towards alcohol as as a crutch or a stress relief, is that you realise how much better life is without it and that you actually don't want it anymore. And that now is the biggest joy, to sit in that tapas bar the other night with a glass of alcohol-free Riesling, really connecting with people and it really enjoying the food. It's such a lie that we've been fed, that we need alcohol to connect to really, that it enhances food. No, it's uh, we have everything that we need, but sometimes we just need some support to really step into that beautiful, magnificent, alcohol-free life so if you want any help with that just pop me a message and i'd love to help you and i'll be back with you really really soon bye for now thank you so much for listening if you'd like to hear more i would love you to subscribe to the show and a rating review would be so so welcome and Pop along and see me on Instagram at I Quit Wine underscore with Sarah and feel free to pop me a DM and say hi and tell me what you've loved about the show. I'll be back with you really soon with another episode. Bye for now.